0: or by emailing him michael.chapman at ivf.com.au
1: So today's program I'm going to talk about some commentary that's been made in the media recently about patient satisfaction with IVF clinics. This has come to light because I've recently done an interview with ABC in relation to their surveys that they conducted last year of up to 2,000 patients who responded to an online survey. Out of that came a series of programs about IVF uh, which explored many of the issues that patients had experienced and they were summing up the programs and were talking to me about themes that had emerged from patient feedback. Certainly to get to 2,000 responses makes it a reasonably strong survey uh, in the sense of taking notice of what patients are saying. But to put it in perspective, in the last 10 years in Australia, something like 200,000 patients have gone through IVF, so 2,000 is still a relatively small sample. So I don't think generalisation is necessarily totally valid. However. The concerns that were raised, I do have significant sympathy with. And they had two major issues. And the first of those was the way in which patients had the feeling that they were just numbers in a process, that they didn't feel that they were being cared for in a way that was personalized to their particular needs at a time of great stress. I've certainly talked on a number of occasions on this podcast of the stresses and strains that IVF puts the patient herself and her partner and her family during the cycle. And those stresses certainly require personalised care to actually minimise them. As clinics get busier, and certainly clinics have got much busier over the time, there is the tendency for patients to feel part of a production line. Because of the monitoring of the cycle that's required, patients have to come and have blood tests and ultrasound scans. And in most places, these are done first thing in the morning. There's a queue of people lining up for their scans and their blood tests. The people doing the scans and the blood tests may not know the patient at all, and so the questions and concerns of patients are very difficult to convey to those staff, and those staff are under pressure to get through the the list so that all these patients can go off and get to work at the earliest opportunity. So it is difficult to know how to make that better. One of the positives that I've seen in some clinics is the specific handling of a specific patient by a specific nurse or team of nurses, so that they get to know the the staff and they do feel not necessarily part of a production line. There are those clinics where the doctor does the scans and that certainly provides an opportunity for the doctor to get to know the patient more and understand what the issues are. There are ways of personalising care, but it is very difficult not to feel that when you come through the clinic five times in a fortnight and had bloods and scans, that you are just another number. Low-cost clinics, I suspect, although I have no evidence, are cutting corners to be viable at the low cost. And that cutting corners means different members of staff doing different jobs on various days. and trying to get through the work as quickly as possible with the fewest numbers of staff. So I do have a concern that in that regard, although the pregnancy rates might be good, that standard of support is perhaps not as good as in the premium clinics. Certainly our patients at IVF Australia, in surveys that we've done, have been positive about their experiences. But we have that team structure, that allocation of patients to particular nurses, And we have nurses that are highly trained in not only doing their basic nursing duties, but also supporting patients through the cycles. Can we improve? I'm sure we can. It is actually our duty in the clinics to to not only treat the infertility in a physical sense, but also to ensure as much as possible we're providing the support to you that you need. The other issue that the ABC raised was related in the sense of concerns about the support to patients, particularly when they didn't get pregnant. My commentary to the ABC was that it actually is very difficult to provide patients with the outcome that they are so desperate to get when pregnancy rates, even in the best clinics, at the best times of life, still are less than 50%. And the fact that patients, as much as I talk to patients and tell them what the realistic numbers are, patients go away believing that they are going to be the successful one. If I say a patient's risk of getting pregnant is 40% in the first embryo transfer, that means that 60% of them will be sitting in front of me three weeks later saying, why aren't I pregnant? But at the time they start their cycle, they get stimulated with the drugs. They come for scans and there are multiple follicles. The cycle is going beautifully. They get an egg collection and they get good numbers of eggs. The scientist rings them the next morning and they've got good fertilization rates. And we end up on day five with a beautiful blastocyst or two and we replace the embryo. Everything is on the up. And at every step of that way, patients believe they're going to be the one that's pregnant. The statistics mean nothing. They are going to get pregnant. So when at the end of the day, 10 days later, the pregnancy test is negative, it is a huge fall, a loss, a grief that you cannot replace, that you cannot be, comprehend unless you've been there yourself. Because your expectation has built up, and no matter how good the education is beforehand, It is a natural process to believe you're gonna get pregnant. It's natural that when you don't reach that, you're falling in a hole. I describe it as going off the end of a cliff that you've built up to the top of the cliff and then the pregnancy test is negative. Now it's very difficult for a patient looking back on that to not feel grieved. And so it's not surprising that many patients will look at various aspects of the care that they've received and, and be unhappy. The job of the clinic however is to pick the patient up and take them forward. Now going forward may be accepting that they're never going to get pregnant. Alternatively it may be another cycle because what we know is that the more cycles you go through the higher the chance ultimately of having a baby. We've all heard stories of women going through more than a dozen cycles and ending up with a baby. And they would always say that it was worth the effort. But it comes with a toll, both financial and emotional. And to go through that roller coaster on a regular basis is a problem. And what we know from the statistics is that 25% of patients that go through an IVF cycle and fail will never come back to have IVF again. And so it does take a toll. Picking people up from that decline in emotions, that depression after failing, is one of the hardest jobs that I have. Sitting across a table from a couple, talking about what went on. And that's important, I think it's very important that patients do actually sit with their doctor after a cycle when, it's, when it hasn't been successful. To try and learn a little bit more about why and what happened. Sadly, in most situations, I can't give them a specific answer. But at least we can look and see whether we could have done better, and that gives us opportunity to move forward for a further cycle. I have heard reports of patients saying, you know, as soon as I didn't get pregnant, nobody was interested in me anymore from the clinic. And I think that's bad. I think that's, we need, we as a clinic, that happens and need to be looking at what, how we deal with patients better and patients should be demanding for follow-up and having the conversation to help them reach the end of the road, if that's what it has to be. I feel so strongly about this that I've proposed, and I will be running later in the year, a workshop amongst IVF clinics to talk about how we can improve the decision-making and the support we provide in couples who have decided that they can't go further. I'll let you know the outcome of that workshop
0: You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's rooms on 1800 311 483 or by emailing him Michael.chapman at IVF.com.au